Wild, the podcast where we attempt to rank every single horror movie ever. And this is Ryan. And this is Quincy. How's it going, Quincy? How's your week going? It's going good. Um, I have been hard in the paint on my ghoul lifestyle. Just just (laughs) ghouling it up. How about you? Just wanting to work on music more lately because, like, I started to do the the outro music for the last episode and... um, I'm slowly getting back into this thing of like, wait a minute, what if I actually became good at making electronic music? So I've been mostly looking at a lot of YouTube tutorials made by 12-year-olds. Um, and that's what I've been doing with my week. That's what you need to do. That's that's a yeah. good way to spend your week. I have yeah, been right reading the maybe the best zine I've ever read. Ooh. Uh, so our bud, Klon Waldrip, sent us the new issue of Power Profiles. Are you following Power Profiles on Instagram? Uh, I am not, because I am not on Instagram. Well, you should fix that, uh, because this is a book of portraits and um, biographies of just really diverse random people, like Two Cold Scorpio and Minnie Pearl and Jess Franco and Tura Satana. Yeah, and, like, there are these illustrations and these wild biographies that these people have never heard of. Like, um, Rob Black, the guy that owns Extreme Pro Wrestling. Oh, wow. And apparently, I did not know that he has some, uh, some, some rumored mob connections. Um... (laughs) In pro wrestling? Yeah, yeah. Well, the rumor is that a a guy was messing around with his wife, so he had his thumbs cut off. Okay. All right. That classic. Yeah. Right. And, like, stories of Tura Satana, like, breaking people's arms, even when she was 65. (laughs) (laughs) Which I assume... See, I would would want more uh, 65-year-olds breaking people's arms, because the idea there would be that your power level is so high at 65, you've been around for so long that you can just deal critical damage without even trying. Yeah, you suffer no fools that try to break into, you know, you're like, look, motherfucker, I was in Faster Pussy Pet Cat, Kill, 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 <laughs> Snap, and that's your arm. I, basically, everybody becomes Minoru Suzuki, I think, yeah. when they become the a The older like, you get, the more Minoru Suzuki you become. <laughs> you live only to cause pain to the young lions. You're just this gnarled motherfucker with a weird head. I See, the other thing is that... Um, with that scene, I remember you, you sent me that uh, they they had done uh, Blackie Lawless yeah. with the band Wasp, which Wasp's uh, self-titled album is one of like four cassette tapes I had when I got my first car back in like two thousand four, and <laughs> I have such a fondness for the band Wasp that I can't totally explain because it's the corniest, goofiest shit in the world, but I mean, like you're you're familiar with the fact that their their song "Animal" parentheses "Fuck Like a Beast" was one of the things that kicked off the PMRC hearings in the '80s. <laughs> really? You mean a song that's title is <laughs> "Fuck Like a Beast"? <laughs> which was great. okay with that? Yeah, which was also great because people had to say that song title out loud a whole bunch during the hearings. So that you know, who 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 were the winners there? It was the American public. <laughs> um, but also because Blackie Lawless, there was this one time that. Uh, so he, the cover to Animal, parentheses, Fuck Like a Beast, had uh, a crotch on it with a codpiece that was a buzzsaw. 
and this was a real cod piece that Blackie Lawless had. In addition to, he had an exploding cod piece, or not exactly exploding, but it shot off sparks and stuff, and sort of looked like, bah, my dick is a volcano. Kind of like and, the the dick in um, Dust Till Dawn. Oh my god, exactly like the yeah, like the shotgun dick from Dust Till Dawn, yeah. And uh, one time it malfunctioned and exploded on stage and singed off all of his pubes and like knocked him like two feet in the air. He described the sensation as like, well, it was like getting hit in the nuts with a sledgehammer. Uh, and then he stopped doing that after that. Yeah, it, it's funny. One time your your scrote blows up, and you kind of <laughs> listen. It was the nineteen eighties. Everybody change. was. It was the nineteen eighties. Everybody was all hopped up on raw meat and cocaine and Reagan and an exploding codpiece seemed like a good idea at the time. I'm sure. Yeah. So anyway, if you're not following at power profiles on instagram or um picking up the physical zine if you're not on the instagram you should reevaluate your life it is good absolutely um the other thing that i need to look into that uh, my buddy alex roland has been um and, and actually like more a, a non-zero number of my friends have harassed me to read because it's very specifically my shit is the book space opera yeah, um, why are you not reading space opera? <laughs> I that's a great question. I need to get on that because apparently it's about like a a, a washed up bisexual former rock god, and it's sci fi, and it, these are all the things that I like. So I would assume that I I don't know how I'm not already reading this. I think I'm I'm so in the weeds right now with books because I've 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 like read half of four different books and I don't know which one to finish. So I might as well pull the most bullshit move imaginable, stop reading all of them and forget them, and then just read space opera. Yeah, that's what you should do. Have you read any of Catherine Valente's other books? No, I've heard nothing but good things about Catherine so, Valente. So I really recommend her elementary readers, the girl who um, fell from fairyland. Uh, they are incredibly charming. Ooh, very good. And they're quick reads because they're like early chapter books. But they're not... Oh, yeah. Um, they're not written in a, any kind of like looking down it's, it's very respectful it's hey you are young so we're going to be age appropriate but this is also going to be smart because <laughs> you're not an idiot kid which i really appreciate exactly right which i mean there's there's another thing which is uh, are you familiar with john Classen? um no uh, he writes uh, children's books and one of them is called we found a hat Literally, all you have to do to make me cry, uh, like, on sight, is to just whisper, like, lean in, cut my face, and whisper to me, in my dream, we both had hats. Um, this book, it's, it's, it's a children's book, and it's, like, obviously very, very quick, because it's literally for very small children, but it's about, like, you know, these two turtles, and they find this cowboy hat, and they're both like, oh, we both look really good in this, but then neither of them wanted to wear the hat if the other one couldn't have the hat. And then they, oh god! In my dream, we both had hats. Like it's, just, I, it's. Listen, don't look at me. Um, John Classen is very good. Apparently, I do know John Classen because he illustrated Daniel Handler's The Dark, which is super good. <laughs> oh fuck yeah! Have you heard about uh, The Dark? I've heard of The Dark, but I have not read it. So it's one of my son's favorite. Um, this kid is scared because he lives in an old creaky house. Mm -hmm. And he goes in the basement where the dark keeps staring at him. And it's like the personification. And he talks to the dark. And the dark is like, look, I'm down here. But it's all good. And, oh, hey, I have something for you in the bottom drawer of this uh, chest of drawers. And it's a light bulb for his nightlight. 
So it's that whole idea of like, oh. yeah, you have to have dark because d- if without dark, you know, there's light and, you know, it's just part mm-hmm. of it. Don't be afraid of the dark because I'm just a cool dude who's hanging out. <laughs> Man, I always love that idea of like the monster is actually just hanging out and it's like, no, listen, kiddo, it's here. You know what? You, you have a nightlight. That's great. I'm not even going to rag on you for having a nightlight, even though it's literally I'm the darkness. Yeah, just I'm literally going to provide you with the solution to not be afraid of me. <laughs> Man, that's this. This kind of gets me back on the thing of like I would eventually like someday I would love to write horror books for children because it's this like we scare because we care thing. Yeah, I think off where mic, it's, you yeah, and I should so talk good. about that because I have a children's book concept that I uh, started outlining and I kind of want to do it. Um, uh, hell yes. Yeah. So, speaking of books, uh, let's talk about our first movie, which is heavily <laughs> influenced by Mary Shelley. Uh, we're talking about Tales of Frankenstein. Uh-huh. And Tales of Frankenstein, which, by the way, the, the, the main guy in this that plays the monster... Um, so, this, by the way, is on YouTube. It's very short. It's like, what, 20 minutes or something? Yes. Uh, however, it's also part... It's on YouTube because it is defo public domain. It was also provided <laughs> to us through... Uh, Mill Creek Entertainment because they sent us the Scared to Death Horror Movie Collection box set, which is like a three-disc, 20-movie collection like Mill mm-hmm. Creek is really good about doing. Uh, so this is an unsold pilot to what would have been a television series. Yeah, and you can kind of tell from a lot of it that like they're trying to set up these characters in their own right and... Really, it's very... It's not about Frankenstein so much as the process of grieving, I think. Wow, that's so deep. Uh, so, so <laughs> elaborate on that. Well, I mean, because, like, one of the characters, like... Uh, I, f- I forget the character's name, but, like, she lost her husband early Generic on in the thing. Generic woman who's being harassed by Dr. Frankenstein. <laughs> right. <laughs> Area woman who's been annoyed by Dr. Frankenstein, and she... Because um, the premise of the show is... Frankenstein can't get a monster to work, so apparently, I guess what would have been the series was each episode he steals a different person's brain. <laughs> because the first one is like, oh, that brain is too violent. What if I get a smart guy's brain? So then he kills right. a smart guy, and then that woman, the, the smart guy's wife, has to deal uh-huh. with her husband's brain being stolen. Right, and it's this idea of, like, I mean, it's that classic, like, uh, horror trope of, like, they came back wrong sort of thing, and I feel like so much of this goes back to grieving because, like, she she talks about grieving her husband for a while, and she's like, also, Dr. Frankenstein, you're a creepy motherfucker and a son of a bitch, leave my home immediately, and he's like, ah, and then brings her husband back to life, um, and I honestly would love, I love it as a concept that, like, Every week, he brings a different person back from beyond the veil of death, and it goes terribly, and he learns nothing from any of this. I just hope that if it was, like, we can fantasy cast this all episode, but what I really hope is that that Gravedigger is a series regular. Because the woman says, why didn't you bury my husband? (laughs) And he was like, I was on my lunch break. She was like, no, you don't understand. They stole my husband. (laughs) And he's like, ah, what are you going to do about it? (laughs) Yeah, no, this guy, he's basically like a Flintstones dishwasher or something. Where he's like, (laughs) just looking at the camera like, eh, it's a living. Like, I was on, (laughs) listen, I was on break. Sorry they stole your husband. (laughs) 
So oh, what's wild so is this is a Hammer and Columbia co-production. So like, and, and granted, Hammer made good TV shows too, but just mm-hmm. this early having like Hammer horror Frankenstein TV show could have been great. You know, I I hadn't realized until after I watched it that this that this was a Hammer uh, uh, co-production because it does not look like either film company no, had anything to do with it, this. It looks like the only thing it looks like is Ben Cooper Halloween costumes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and the 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 Frankenstein himself at the beginning of the thing is a well, I was going to say Jank Frankenstein, but Jank dare Frank. I say. <laughs> He was a Jenkinstein. Uh, he, it was like the most sort of stock Frankenstein makeup where it was like, I've got a it's huge head. It's not makeup, head. it's a mask. It's like a, it might as well be a plastic <laughs> Halloween mask. He needs a yeah. shirt with a picture of himself on it. <laughs> as, dude, actually I just realized, what if there were like a, a Frankenstein's monster in a thing that for Halloween just like dressed up as a worse, lesser Frankenstein. <laughs> It's like cover up that he's a Frankenstein and he's got copyright, a picture of a Frankenstein. Copyright, copyright. Yeah, don't yeah, steal right our idea. There. Oh no, yeah, it's like Monster Squad where he's like friends with these children and they're all trying to keep him secret so that like the government doesn't experiment on his fucked up Frankenstein body. And then there's like the Halloween episode and it's like, all right, well we really want to take Frank with us, but he's going to scare everyone if he doesn't wear a costume. So they just dress him up as a shittier version of himself, <laughs> which would be really fucking insensitive. That like, yeah, this is what you look like. This is what we think you look like. Fuck you. <laughs> He's a culture, um, not a costume, right? <laughs> fuck. Um, and then the other thing about uh, Tales of Frankenstein, uh, it, it has no real ending. Is the no, thing. because it was supposed to get you hooked on the series, but also it does not even hint at what they wanted the series to be. Right. No you clue. never get proof of. You never get proof of concept. Like it ends on the thing with like uh, this policeman. <coughs> excuse me. I've looked it up here. Uh, the Baron tells the policeman, you have your job to do, and so have I. And I don't think either of us would let anything stand in the way of our respective destinies. Time is a small matter. There is always tomorrow. Which is definitely how people talk. Um, <laughs> I, I've, I've definitely heard lots of people talk like that in my life. And then it just kind of farts out an ending. It doesn't really have anything. Where do you want to put this on our list? It's pretty oh. much a whole lot of nothing. It's Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a whole bunch of nothing. Uh, it's cute... Uh, I think in places, and here's the thing, I'm also a mark for Frankenstein generally. If if there's a Frankenstein in a thing, I want to watch it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so uh, it, it's Frankenstein is like pizza in that even when it's not that good, it's still pretty good. Um, even if it's I would, Frankenstein, like that's well, pretty un that's unacceptable. I, it's unacceptable, but also I got to howl about a fuckable Frankenstein, so That's I'm true. I'm happy. So um, is here's... is this better than I Frankenstein? Ooh, oh god, yeah, yeah, it is. It's and I'll certainly tell you why. less offensive. <laughs> it makes me want to die way less, but also it's a cool twenty-five minutes. We're in and out. We got some Frankenstein shit, and then we're good. It, like this is this is a truck stop snack of a of a short where it's like it's gross. It was made from stuff they scraped off the shop shop floor and wrapped in saran wrap and put literally up there are shots stop. from Dracula used in this. <laughs> 
Oh, fuck, I didn't even notice. Yeah, yeah, there's literally shots from other movies that they use to pad out the opening narration. Oh, my, that is, that raises it, in my estimation, actually, a little bit, that they just straight up ripped off uh, Dracula. I would, okay, okay, I do not think this is better than Michael Jackson's Ghosts, if we're going with shorts. So then, that that's fair. Is it better than Dracula Untold? It okay. It is better than Dracula Untold because some horror shit happens in this. <laughs> like Dracula Untold, you're waiting for some real Dracula shit to happen, and it just never does. And you you go home stressed. So, and um, Tales of Frankenstein, you get kind of the thing that you kind of want. I mean, not really because it's not very good, but it's there. That's fair. It delivers on the premise. It is a tale of Frankenstein. <laughs> it certainly is. Yeah. Thir- yeah. What thirty ways of looking at a Frankenstein? So then, I think that goes at a, at two twenty four, right between Ghosts and Dracula Untold. Yeah, I feel like I, I feel pretty good about that actually. Which is just a hop, skip, and a jump from the bottom of our list with Hellraiser Revelations and Night of Something Strange. Right, and um, it's only a few away from Kyofu Densetsu Kaiki Frankenstein, which was, I think, worse and also long. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's worth reminding our listeners that our movie to beat, our number one movie, is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Still, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, just in case this is your first episode. Was Alien for a very long time, but now, above Alien, are number one, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, number two, John Carpenter's The Thing, number three, Halloween. Yeah, yeah. We're we're Carpenter fans, if that's not clear. <laughs> oh, fuck, I just realized that in our, what, top ten, we have two different Carpenter movies. Now, let's talk about something far different. Uh, Deep Blue Sea 2. Did Is you know different? there's a sequel to Deep Blue Sea? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my god, here's the thing. I was expecting to hate Deep Blue Sea 2. I kind of liked it. I watched it twice. I never watch a movie <laughs> twice in preparation for an episode. No, yeah, usually it's like, look, you've got a life, you've got a family. We, like, we've all got stuff going on, and, you know, you, you we watch so many goddamn horror movies anyway that you watch it and you're pretty much good. You're like, I think I've made the appropriate notes to talk about this on Thursday. And then this one, oh my god. Can we talk about that intro, by the way? Real talk, that ballad, that, like, Mm -hmm. budget uh, Buck Cherry ballad is (laughs) stuck in my brain. (laughs) The one that has the lyrics swimming in the deep blue sea. (laughs) Yeah, which, I mean, honestly... Uh, I do still put Deepest Bluest, My Hat is Like a Shark's Fin by LL Cool J. Actually, I think it's just Deepest Bluest, but in my heart, it's parentheses, My Hat is Like a Shark's Fin. I would put that theme, I think, above the intro theme to this, but here's, but also this theme, it's like emotional. You've got like yeah. sort of a, a swelling feel to it where it's very sort of moody and atmospheric, a very stomp clap sort of thing about being in the deep blue sea and she's swimming in that fucking reef and like hugging them sharks it's very oh, yeah. poignant which it's is right poignant. after you see a guy get his entire body eaten by a bull shark oh, he his body falls out of his body like he just gets his he he, he gets his everything eaten by the shark um, by most and obviously of me as he floats <laughs> to the bottom of the sea floor oh fuck and all right so so the 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 premise of deep blue sea too um, if you've seen Deep Blue Sea 1 with its uh, concept of what if we gave uh, super drugs to super sharks, um, 
And this is basically that, but more? Yeah, it's literally, what if we had more sharks? <laughs> and bull sharks, <laughs> if... because... And they're going to tell you the whole movie, because you're in luck. There are shark scientists on this this <laughs> <laughs> substation that... Yeah. Underwater oh, bull sharks are way tougher than... Um, than great whites also uh environmentalist movie a little bit oh yeah well because it, it's got it's got the jurassic park thing of you know listen we really shouldn't be fucking around with this like we shouldn't be playing god giving nootropic drugs to super sharks and the guy in head of the pro- uh, the guy at the head of the project um he is he does a monologue in this where he talks about, and that's why I'm giving drugs to sharks. And also, he has multiple nootropic wig outs because he's not just a... He's like the number one client of this drug. Yeah, he's not just the president, he's also a client. He's sampling the product, he's he's taking crazy brain drugs. Um, and the main lady in the thing... Also, they put over bull sharks so much in this. Like, I didn't care about bull sharks, and now I care about bull sharks. Good job, Warner Brothers. Oh, by the way, look- this is... Um, is it straight to Blu-ray? I think it was um, aired on television, because the credits no. say teleplay. Uh, but Warner Brothers provided us with the Blu-ray, DVD, digital combo pack. Uh, thanks, Warner Brothers. So, thanks, guys. Yeah, and like I, I can't imagine tuning in to see this. At least because I'm one. All right, so here's my question. Um, my, our, I, I think I both of our favorite line in this is these sharks can suck my ass. A man literally says these sharks can suck my ass. And then later on, a guy yells, "These sharks can kiss my ass." He says "kiss" for whatever reason. And then right after he says this, a shark jumps up out of the water and bites his head off. Spoiler alert: same dude. <laughs> same dude. Same dude. Stop fucking. Stop cutting promos on sharks, or they'll bite your head off. Um, and it's amazing that. Uh, so with that line, "These sharks can suck my ass." What? Do you think they would have substituted that with on TV? Or would they have just... What are... TV now on, like, basic cable, let's say. You know, this is, like, Sunday afternoon on the USA Network. You're watching... You're nursing a hangover. You're watching Deep Blue Sea 2. Do they still censor in the way that they did when I was a kid watching basic cable? Or do they just let whatever happen? I think it's just the Wild West these days. And I'm honestly, Mm. like, maybe... I I think maybe they shot this for cable and then didn't sell it. Because the gore is unairable. I don't know a world where the oh, yeah. blood and guts in this movie can be on television. Man, you see a guy's steaming entrails pop out. Yes. Like it's it it is it is rough. Like uh, and, like and... a wet paper grocery bag. His guts <laughs> just fall the fuck out. That yeah, they're making sausage in this movie. And I, I can't imagine like tuning in and seeing that, but also you know what's better in this movie than I thought it was going to be? The music. Yeah, the music is very good. And You've got, like, proper John Williams shit going on in the background. And you know why this movie, I think, is so good? What's that? It's directed by Darren Scott, the Tales from the Hood oh, director. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's done a bunch of stuff. Yeah, he's a really well... Like, he's, in a, he's an accomplished director. Um, so the Blu-ray has an interview with him. I'm I'm mad that it doesn't have a commentary track. Like it's a fucking crime oh. that as many Joe Schmoes will sit down and cut a commentary track. They mm-hmm. did not 
let or get Darren Scott to speak for an hour and a half on this movie. They just give him like a 20 minute interview. Uh, oh, but he came up with the baby sharks. He was like, yeah, I thought it would be scary to have a bunch of baby sharks in it. Um, he came up <laughs> well, with like amping it up. He's like, I wanted it to be more horror than sci-fi. Uh, yeah. He's the one who like in, in the interview, like he's got some of the effects and he's like, here's this dummy we used. Isn't it cool? And like, so they're using practical effects there. He, he does admit like, he wanted CG sharks because he's like, CG is really good now, which is mm-hmm. also code for, and we didn't have enough money to have. And also, we didn't have a budget. But mm-hmm. um, he's fucking great. Yeah, and there's another bit of this where, like, with the baby sharks, uh, there's a guy holding on to, like, a pole or something with his arms and legs, and he's, like, barely up above the water, and the baby sharks are jumping up and snapping at him, and they are obvious CG baby sharks. But for a minute there, I was happy because it looked like they were throwing literal tiny baby shark puppets at the guy yeah, from it, beneath the water. It was shockingly well done. Also, um, a drone is used in this movie, and oh, I don't man. want to spoil it, but uh, it was the most satisfying use of a drone <laughs> in a movie I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the drone bit, I actually started laughing hysterically because of... Uh, I. Now, all right, here's what's great about a thing like Deep Blue Sea 2, right? You can get away with so much, like, funny shit that because because if it's a thing like Deep Deep Blue Sea 2 and it feels sort of like straight-to-VOD cash-in on a mid-tier shark horror movie from, like, 1999 or whatever, um, you you feel like you know where all the beats are going and what's going to happen, and it gets to... I don't know. It's, I, I actually felt like the people making Deep Blue Sea 2 were kind of having fun making it. Yeah, it feels like it was actually a fun project to work on. Um, Man, and, and it I shows. was so surprised. Like, so, like, the heart and soul in this is miles beyond, like, a two-headed shark attack or a Sharknado. Yeah, and like honestly, give me a thing like this over a Sharknado because this is exactly the kind of movie that, like, circa two thousand four, uh, I would go to the Captain Video in tanning, and it would be like Mosquito Man or uh, um, what was it, Frankenfish or yes. something like that. You could you could grab it and go home, and it was sort of a, a lower mid tier horror movie that you could watch, enjoy, and it was fine. And this is basically that. It's so, not trying to be funny about the fact that it's Deep Blue Sea 2. So speaking of uh, Two-Headed Shark Attack, that's number 198. <laughs> so where do you want yeah, to put is. this? Because it, it is not a Deep Blue Sea. Oh, it's definitely not a Deep Blue Sea. Um, but I... Hmm. Well, let's see here. It's I don't think it's... All right, is it better than Thinner? Uh, yeah, because it's not I, racist against the Romani. <laughs> right, it's not racist and fat shaming. Um, I, all right, all right, here's the, here's the real shit. Is and Deep Blue Stephen sea... King doesn't turn towards the screen and go, oh, irony. <laughs> <laughs> Although I, he at least gets points for um, Maximum Overdrive for the fact that he literally just yells, hey, this ATM is calling me an asshole. Um, <laughs> so that, you know, enormous points there. However, here's here's the real shit. Is Deep Blue Sea 2 better or worse than the Bye Bye Men? Uh, <laughs> I think it's better. Uh, yeah. I, I, look, I think it's better than Gantz. 
which is 193. Yeah, I think it's better than Rock and Roll Nightmare and certainly better than Ganso. Yeah. Um, also, it's better than Daguerreotype. Yeah, um, so, so is oh, it better... Okay, so what's better? Intentional, you know, goofing or shit the bed insanity like deathbed? Um, oh, wow, 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 wow. Okay, so I really, really like Deathbed, the bed that eats, uh, because it doesn't make any sense. However, it was... Ba- uh, hmm. It's basically the thing that I thought it was going to be, which was I was tripping sack the entire time I was making this, and then I made it. But this was, like, I thought this was going to be horribly written. I thought Deep Blue Sea 2 was going to be a joyless, CW actor-filled... Um, I still know what you did last summer ask like cash in on a mildly successful horror film and it completely surpassed my expectations. I had a really good time watching it. Okay, okay, I got one. Is it mm. better or worse than Batman Gotham by Gaslight? It is better than Batman Gotham by Gaslight and I'll tell you why. It didn't kill Poison Ivy as a gag uh 5 minutes in. That's true. That's true. I will, um, I will never forgive Gotham by Gaslight for that. I also think it's better than Batman Dead End. Yeah. Is it better than Shallow Water with those sweet-ass uh, shark men? Oh. oh, now we're getting into aquatic monsters, and I think that's actually where I draw the line. I think Shallow Water is probably better than Deep Blue Sea 2. Yeah, it's got way better um, effects. But I'm going to split the Sandy Calora movies and say that it's better than Batman Dead End. There we go. So at least we can break up the Sandy Calora movies. Yeah. So uh, coming in at number 174 is Deep Blue Sea 2. Yeah, pick up this Blu-ray. It is worth yeah. watching. No, and, yeah. Like, on a, um, like and, and this is a thing that you should also probably watch with people. Oh, for um, sure. Don't be a I'm, ghoul I was, like us. <laughs> no. No, live your listen. You've you've got your whole lives ahead of you. You you've got friends that you can watch these movies with. Um, but so the next movie on our list uh, is uh, I think uh, what was uh, we had Blood on the Badge. So I picked up a copy of the well-known Michael J. Weldon book, The Psychotronic Video Guide. Michael J. Weldon coined the term psychotronic for batshit insane movies. Um, psychotronic is best defined by just saying, you know, Sword in the Claw that <laughs> <laughs> i see i would define it as did does rob zombie want to pay homage to it in a music video <laughs> yeah because if so yes or psychotronic is does this if you found a vhs copy of this does it smell like suntan lotion because it's <laughs> in a, a mom and pop video place <laughs> yeah 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 is, is it can you can you get a pizza and also get your shoes fixed at the same time that you're checking this out yeah, yeah. If you um, if you return it late, do you get your name literally written on a list? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on an analog pen and paper list. Uh, I did not get a chance to watch Blood on the Badge because uh, Amazon Prime uh, doesn't work on my work computer. Okay, well, strap in, Ryan, because I'm going to tell you about this movie. Very good. So, this movie takes place in Texas. And this uh, Libyan army is terrorizing businessmen, uh, and they're murdering them. And these two 
hotshot police officers who are, you know, a little on the edge and are always stressing mm-hmm. their boss out go mm-hmm. to bust their arms deal because they're stealing rifles. So they go to a warehouse and they find a crate of AK-47s and they pull two out. And these Libyans are loading their guns and one of them says, this crate's light. And they say, we're missing two AK-47s. And the police pop out and say, you mean these? And they start a firefight. (laughs) The guns look like someone took video toaster and drew a flare uh, muzzle flare on top of these guns and everyone just kind of jiggles their guns around and they added the sounds in post up <laughs> in uh, post production jiggled their guns okay good okay so uh, the cop's buddy gets shot and the the Libyans drive away so the buddy slips into a coma and uh, the Police chief sends our handsome jacked uh, cop to a small Texas town because turns out the license plate of the van that the Libyans were driving belongs to this Texas rancher. So the guy okay. goes to small Texas town. Uh, he meets the he's the Dallas PD goes to you know uh, rubberneck Texas. And they're like, well, we don't do things like that around here. Uh, And guess what? His police partner, his uh, sheriff deputy, is a woman. So there's like some serious pantsuit. I can't believe a woman cop goes by the books and all of this. So it turns to find out they're not Libyans. They're a super racist Texas rancher in blackface and all of his goons. Uh, Because he's a backwoods survivalist and he's running like a compound. Um, there is dialogue on horseback. There is... Oh, also, the cop who's in a coma uh, comes to the Dallas police officer in his dreams to give him clues about the case. Okay. Uh, and then, long story short, there's a shootout and the cop fights the rancher and the rancher gets eaten by his pigs. <laughs> Holy shit. But not after a helicopter is blown up by a bazooka. So, did he have a badge that got blood on? Does anybody get blood on the badge? Oh, yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert. So, listen, if you want to watch Blood on the Badge, it's on Prime. Um, So, you can go ahead and pause the podcast now and come back in an hour (laughs) and 20 minutes. I think it's like a swift 83 minutes exactly. Oh, nice. So, he's sitting at... So, all is said and done. He's killed the suspect. All of this blood is on his hands and on his badge. And he's sitting at his partner's bedside, and he's like, all this blood, this blood on the badge, it's too much. So he unpins his badge from his shirt and lays it on his partner's stomach. And his partner wakes up from his coma. (laughs) And he says, hey, what's your badge doing here? And he's like, what? And and the police officer's like, I forgot it. And he pins it back (laughs) on his vest. And then... Over the final credits are a photo montage of the police partner's wedding where our uh, title police officer is the best man. What? And so the it's a harried love story. police chief is like eating cake and is like, you guys are making me stressy. <laughs> Damn it, I got city I got city council dancing a conga line up my ass <laughs> about property damage and here you are getting married. 
Exactly. So Holy sh- it Holy is shit. very uh, VHS nineteen ninety two. Man, that's beautiful. And I feel like straight to VHS nineteen ninety two is such a like instantly identifiable aesthetic. Yeah. I like... mean, just Google "blood on the badge" title card, and it is the most. Oh. Uh, <laughs> that's gonna be. I listen. It would be my Twitter banner if I didn't hate cops. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But then the other thing about this, because I was so uh, because I couldn't watch it, I was reading like a synopsis of it and reviews of it and stuff. And apparently, it's like the the guy just gets the fuck shot out of him, and it puts him in a coma. And he's not on any heroic measures; like he's just taking a nap coma. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he's not like hooked up to breathing tubes. He's not like in critical condition. He's just like, well, he got shot so much that he got sleepy. Yeah. Yeah, it is, and literally he, like, yawns. It's like, hey, bud, why is your badge on my chest? <laughs> That's not the first thing you say after waking up from a coma from getting shot too many times. Is hey, why is your badge on my chest? This You're like, bloody, oh, bloody fuck. badge. Oh, also the police officer fucks a um, hotel maid. Oh, good. So that we've oh, got that in there. The most important thing, Ryan, is that... See, I'm, I'm tempted to just, like, let you watch this and, mm-hmm. and realize it, but in order to, like, to either entice you or, or to, you know, temper your expectations, uh, mm-hmm. the police officer has a Woody Woodpecker tattoo on his pectoral muscle. Get the fuck out. A Woody Woodpectoral? Yeah. Yeah. I, so, and I'm back in my home now? he opens the hotel door in nothing but a towel with his man V showing... <laughs> And he's like, and then the, the maid is like, can I get you anything? And he's like, yeah, where's a good place to meet women around here? Oh, and she's oh like, I like to go to this bar. And then they meet at the bar and promptly leave to go back to the hotel room to fuck. Wait a minute. That's that's just poor time management. <laughs> if, if, you, if both of you know that you, you want to bone down, you don't need to go and get a drink first and then come back. You say, Listen, also, uh, the other thing. How you can't bang someone who has a Woody Woodpecker tattoo on their pectoral. I beg you... to differ. <laughs> like you're gonna be staring at that for the entirety of this. And and when I was watching, I was like, what the fuck is on his chest? And then there's like one shot where it got like it kind of comes into focus and I'm like, oh man. Do you ever feel really good about your tattoos that at least you didn't get? <laughs> A Woody Woodpecker tattoo on your chest. Actually, I don't feel good because I don't have a Woody Woodpecker tattoo (laughs) on my chest. The only thing better than a Woody Woodpecker on your pectoral is a Woody uh Woodpecker on your pecker. On your pecker, yeah. So on your literal Woody Woodpecker. And the thing is also, uh, with tattoos, so it's been about a year since I've gotten a tattoo and I'm desperate to get more so that I can cover my entire body like a Cenobite. Um... But it's funny because I was bringing it up to Christina and I was like asking her that really reasonable question. I'm like, hey, so, you know, the original VHS box art on A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3 Dream Warriors. And she pauses and goes, no, I don't know what that looks like. (laughs) Ryan, for fuck's sake. And I was like, no, Ryan, Jesus Christ. And I was like, "Okay, but so and then I Googled it and I was like, "Okay, so what if I got this as a back piece and I had like oh the dream warriors and there's like freddy krueger on the horizon and it's really spacey and surreal looking and i and i got a full back piece of that and she was like i'm going to have to ask you not to so that i don't have to look at that every time i see you with your shirt off yeah that's like a total parker's back flannery o'connor moment you gotta pick the (laughs) right thing 
Exactly right. But also stay away from uh, Byzantine Christs. Okay, so here's something yes. that's going to make you really upset. Mm-hmm. The police... Um, the There's a guy in this movie whose character name is Milo Truscott, but his actual name is Rocky Patterson. So not Milo Truscott, but... Okay. Right, right, right. So that should be reversed. Like, it, I thought yes. that I was reading with, uh, IMDb wrong, but no. They normed his name. Why would you do it? It was already Milo Truscott. Was already Rocky Patterson. Why would you turn it uh, into Milo Truscott? Why, yeah, why would you do that? That reminds me of, um, I was talking today with my friend Ashley, who knows someone who named their child Liliana Fingerhoot. Her last name, her last name was not Fingerhoot. I have, Quincy, all day, I've been thinking about Liliana Fingerhoot. Like, is that, uh, anyway. Um, but yeah, so where, okay, where on the list are we, uh, are, are you wanting to put Blood on the Badge from 1992? Which, by the way, side note, uh, I'm back in my home where I live now, where Amazon Prime uh, actually does work on my on my television set. So I'm watching this pretty much immediately after I get off uh, the podcast. So here's here's where I gotta come clean. I did fall asleep during it, <laughs> so I don't know if I can I could rank it on clear conscience because I have not watched like I watched it start to finish, but not while lucid. But also, our brave I was men not and women in blue for the waiter. <laughs> our brave men and women in blue are out there getting shot so much they fall asleep from it, and you have the gall <laughs> to fall asleep while watching it. My God. So, it does have blackface in it. Wait, wait, what? Yeah, because he pretends to be a Libyan, but he's a Texas rancher. So he paints his face. And I was looking at it going, what's wrong with that guy's face? And then I was, because it's, look, Amazon is not known for their high quality transfers. It was mastered on VHS. So, on the transfer, you can't quite figure out that that's not a weird looking like person of color it's a guy in blackface but then yeah. once it clicks you're like oh it is yeah oh, that's, that's that's right that's 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 a white guy in, in blackface so you really buried the lead on that one i feel like that's the thing you open with is like so let me tell you about blood on the badge we got we're out here doing blackface in 1992 so now now we have i've we've put ourselves mm. in a very sticky wicket we certainly have because now we can't be like mm, which is worse chud to bud the chud or fucking blackface <laughs> yeah yeah i'm trying to think of other movies okay so grime wave is racist and has tons of actual white supremacist posters that just have like something taped over it because they were shooting at a guy's house and he's like don't take down my nazi flag (laughs) you gotta leave the nazi flag up on my wood paneling yeah exactly um so that's that's comparably racist oh boy i ha ho ha okay okay although here's the thing we could also pair it with wolf creek 2 for xenophobia yeah because wolf creek 2 is all about uh, mick taylor not liking people who aren't from australia coming to australia and he has to kill them oh and they straight up say like this guy the guy gets eaten the guy that dares to wear blackface does get eaten by pigs you know what that's not for nothing. Yeah, so, That's... I mean, the part of it is, like, that... It's that uh, Nazi principle. What is the thing we can, we can do to make this character evil? Make him a Nazi. 
Yeah, that's ex- yeah. Zombies and it's Nazis the Wolfenstein's are like the t- castle principle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That like you never feel bad about Cap and a Nazi. Yeah. Um, I <laughs> fuck me. <laughs> the thing is, I have seen Grimewave Cockface three, and I kind of hate it, but also I kind of love the thing it is, where it's just like could not more obviously be a bunch of Georgia d- crusty punk rockers making a gross movie called Grime Wave colon Cockface 3. And also, side note here, also speaking of Christina, so she's a saint who um, is largely responsible for our Letterboxd account having uh, a fully annotated, up-to-date version of the list on, on Rank and Vile. And she had to look over at me and be like, Ryan... Which episode was Grime Wave Cockface 3 on? <laughs> and just watching her pronounce that sentence okay, was... so this is... This does not feel good, but I'm going to say this. What if we put Blood on the Badge above Sleepaway Camp? Because in 2018, people are still finding Sleepaway Camp funny. And that is in... untenable. I totally agree. Whatever drops Sleepaway Camp farther and farther down the list, I am I'm perfectly good with. Like, um, like, look, folks, stop printing Sleepaway Camp merchandise in 2018. Yeah, because and I'm like, I can, you know, it's like before I because you know, for example, in like 2010 or something, and like I'm I'm. I don't know. I feel like, let's say around like when I was a teenager, I didn't know shit about trans issues. Exactly. In 2006 or 2007 when I saw Sleepaway Camp, that was not in my, you know, spheres. So yeah. it was a lot different than rewatching it with that education, that knowledge. Yeah, and it's also, like, you know, I've known, and then I've realized that, like, you know, because when a lot of older people say, like, well, when I was growing up, we didn't have so many goddamn gay people and trans folk, and it's like, well, no, yeah, you did. They just weren't comfortable enough to come out with that because of stuff like Sleepaway Camp Yeah, that yeah. <laughs> that frames it that way. So, yeah, I feel really good about that. However, I also feel good about putting... Um, okay, so so I Frankenstein. Which would you rather watch again, or stay blood awake during? For sure, <laughs> blood on the badge. Yeah, honestly, yeah. I'd put blood on the badge above ghosts. Oh, okay. Because ghosts is also uncomfortable, but for other reasons. <laughs> oh fuck! Yeah. So so the bottom of the list is the I mean the the very hashtag problematic part of our list. Yeah, yeah. Now the village isn't problematic. I just don't like it. <laughs> right. Um. That's true. That is in there. But also, um, um, okay. So another problematic movie that I really like is and now mm-hmm. the screaming starts. Oh, yeah. Because it's got that oh, no, prima the... nocta in it, and, like, the whole mm-hmm. plot is, like, let's screw over this random woman for the sins of the father and all that. Right. Um, There's, like, bodily autonomy questions in it. Yeah. Uh, but also, man, honestly, I'm probably not going to watch Blood on the Badge again. Mm-hmm. So... Because I was going to say, like, but shouldn't it be better than Bud the Chud? But it isn't. No. No, and here's and here's the thing. Chud 2, Bud the Chud, I will probably end up watching that at least one more time in my life in some context. Um, yeah. if, if just to remind myself how bad it is. Um, 
It's uh, Chud too, but the Chud is like that can of coconut milk in the back of your cupboard, where it's been there since like the Clinton administration, and you know some lonely night you're probably going to consume that again. Uh, it sounds like with Blood on the Badge, it's like, you know what, I'm, I've seen it, I'm good. Okay, so I would actually put it below Pagan Invasion and above Hashtag Horror. There we go, that sounds good. Which, yeah, I realize, like, it's got some issues, but I do feel like in my white guy trying to justify this problematic thing... It is a movie where no one is saying, that's a good idea. It's literally characters saying, why are you doing this? You're a really bad person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, what, do you have, like, the main character going, like, dude, you're wearing fucking blackface? They're like, really? Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> it's the, the black cop who's speaking to the cop in his dream, I believe, says the line, that guy's not a brother. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah, it's it's not a good look, but mm-hmm. it's also not the worst thing we've seen. <laughs> That's certainly true. That would be the night of something strange. 1992 um, is a hell of a year, man. It 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 really was. So, coming in at our new number 2 uh 218 Blood on the Badge. Also speaking of um problematic racial elements, uh we have a listener request from Charleston Mambo on Twitter who asked us to rank and talk about Love at First Bite. Okay, I'm going to say Love at First Bite is more racist and homophobic than Blood on the Badge, because I stopped watching it because it was so bad. Oh, boy. It's, uh, so Love at First... Oh, fuck me. Okay, so let me set the scene for you, right? It's the sexual revolution and everything is terrible. Um... This so movie it's, was made uh, in 1979. It's a comedy from 1979, so that should tell you <laughs> how it's going to be. You realize this movie came out the year after Alien? Oh, no. Oh, Jesus. So, okay. So, Love at First Bite is a horror comedy, light on the horror, heavy on the comedy. Um, and it's about uh, uh, Vlad Dracula, you know, he's he's hanging out in Transylvania doing what he does, and then um, the local busybody bureaucrat sort of burst into his castle, and they're like, we're going to convert your castle into a gymnasium for the children, and you got to get the fuck out, Vlad. And where does he go? Where does where does a hundreds of years old vampire with a live-in manservant go? And the answer, invariably in 1979, is Man New York hand. City. New York City, baby! And so he holds up in Manhattan with his Renfield... Which is and... Art Johnson, who is probably the standout performance of the movie. Oh, he's too good for this movie. Yeah, he is. He is... God, he is slumming it in Love at First Bite. Um, and so right out of... Hot out of the gate, Dracula gets out at the airport and runs into some black street youths. And in that moment, you can tell, oh, this movie was written by a white guy. Yeah. Um, the because way they're, that they they're, talk. Yeah, they're doing, like, a version of jive talk that, like, your mom probably... Ima- like, no, your grandma probably imagines. Like, yep, yeah, I bet that's how black youth sound. And um, also, like, talking about it now, the amount of racial content is... You know how it's it's the people that say I'm not racist, but they constantly make racist jokes as like an ironic, you know, if I was racist, I'd say this, but uh-huh. 
Wouldn't that be fucked up if I said that racist thing and meant it? Yeah, yeah. But, but it's like, because he runs into street youths, he, there's a mix-up where his uh, coffin, Renfield sends his coffin to a black funeral home, and he mm-hmm. comes out of the funeral during a funeral where, you know, this African-American preacher is going off, and, like, everyone panics. Um yeah. There's a anti-Dominican part because yeah, they what, go to an the apartment building that? where the the implication is because this guy is a person of color, he doesn't work, and everyone's starving. And when Dracula is a bat, he says, "It's a black chicken. Come back, black chicken. We're starving." Oh, for fuck's sake! Like this is you know what this is? Um, if you believed in like welfare queens. Like circa 1982, because of Reagan, you probably loved Love at First Bite. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, and it, oh boy. The uh, another high point is they do dance to "I Love the Nightlife." Okay, that dance scene fucking ruled. Is the thing <laughs> like you've got Dracula disco dancing with his uh, what? Uh, um, Mina Harker. So she's the descendant of Mina Harker because apparently that's the only woman he can be with. Is right, she's got to be Harker bloodline. Got to be got to be the Harker bloodline. But also, I got to point out here the Mina Harker character in this, played by Susan Saint James, who was one of the commentators at the first ever WrestleMania, and. Listen, fuck the haters. Susan St. James ruled on commentary at WrestleMania because you had, like, she was sitting opposite Vince McMahon who was trying to, like, class the joint up a bit and be like, oh, it's certainly an, an impressive specimen here. And then meanwhile, you've got Susan St. James who sounds like your vodka aunt, just sort of going, ah, come on, Mr. T, kill him. Give me a break. And it, it fucking ruled. Um, so that's her, right? And they're, they're doing this kind of sexual revolution thing where it's like um, the Van Helsing character is like, but I'm going to kill Dracula because he's better at having sex with my lady than I am. And it's bad. Yeah, it's it's very, this was written by a white dude. <laughs> yeah, and also, like, my, the, the other thing is, all right, so, uh, and this is one of the reasons, I, I, I think I'm, I'm a little less down on it than I used to be because I rewatched it again recently and was like, it's fine. Um, a thing like, uh... So a horror comedy, like let's go with like The Rise of Leslie Vernon or something. Um, If it's a horror comedy, it has to do either horror or comedy well. (laughs) And this does neither. It does neither of those things. It is not scary. It is not actually funny. I don't think there was one. No, okay, that's a lie. This movie got one legitimate laugh out of me, and I don't think it was intentional. Um, you've got, so, uh, Dracula is, you know, he's living the nightlife in New York City and he, uh, uh, uh needs to feed, right? So he goes out, uh, as a Muppet bat, as, as you do if you're Dracula, and there's this, like, fancy rich person couple making out, and she's like, but I've told you, you have to take your cufflinks off if we, if, you know, before we make it together, because it's 1979 and that's how people <laughs> talk about it. And the guy's like, but I'm not even wearing my cuffs, baby, and she's like, then what's the blah? And there's a Muppet bat just fucking like bothering them and just like thunking against them. And I don't know if that was meant to be funny, but Muppet bat bothering make out rich couple. I that got a laugh, and that's pretty. Yeah, much it. here's the frustrating thing. Robert Kaufman also wrote Freebie and the Bean. <laughs> 
Wow. Oh, have you not heard of Freebie and the Bean? No, I've heard of Freebie and the Bean. I've just never seen Freebie and the Bean. I, I really want to see it because I like James Caan and Alan Arkin a lot. But also, it's called <laughs> Freebie and the Bean. I mean, that's just, it's called Freebie and the Bean. Like, that's just a collection of great mouth sounds. Um, you know, frequently I think we should change the format of this podcast and just do <laughs> every kind of movie. And then, like, yeah, you know, we do shit like Blood on the Badge, which is like, that's a stretch. But it's yeah. like, there's a lot of my week that's scheming. How can we put Freebie in the Bean <laughs> on this podcast? It's actually, um, we, you, you thought that Halloween was going to be the movie that was like our great white whale? Bullshit. It's Freebie and the Bean. And we're building up to it. <laughs> We're going to do an entire episode around it. We're going to have deep discourse about Freebie and the Bean. Mostly I like saying the phrase Freebie and the Bean. Oh, um, man. So where do you want to put Love at First Bite? It sucks. Oh, it sucks so bad. Uh, it is It is. A, it is a problem. All right, all right, all right. So um, part of... Oh, fuck me. I can't even believe it. Okay, Dracula Untold is 227. A similar Dracula movie. Oh, Transfiguration. Mm-hmm. Bad Dracula movie at 230. It's- Extremely bad Dracula movie. Now, I can't even believe I'm going to say this, but um, Love at First Bite, I think, was... It maybe precipitated a lot of the same kinds of horror comedies, but also this came out after Young Frankenstein. Yeah. Like, so it was kind of doomed from the start. Yeah, like, yeah, no, every horror comedy post-Young Frankenstein is, by definition, horseshit. Um so yeah no even the ones that we love it's like yeah but it's not (laughs) yeah like i love reanimator and i'm like yeah well madeline khan's not in it so uh, um how all right all right all right so love at first bite let's let's pair it with a dracula movie right is it better than dracula untold no no it's not because dracula well okay here's the thing though dracula untold has brown face Ooh yeah dominic uh cooper dominic cooper um, he's, he's out here. Uh, the suspicious death of a minor... The only hmm. reason why that's so low is because it's definitely male gaze towards who are played to be teenage girls. That's exactly right. And we're, listen, we'll, we'll condemn it to hell for that shit. Um, all right, all right, all right. So it is better than I, Frankenstein. I am yeah. confident in that. I also think it's better than the Transfiguration... Okay, I'm... so what has a more competent depiction of people of color, though? Oh, fuck. Probably the Transfiguration. Ugh. Why, why are we doing this to ourselves? <laughs> this episode just needs to, like, the title of this episode should be, like, <laughs> two white folks grappling with... <laughs> Listen to two. Oh my god, I'm two, so sorry, internet. I'm yeah, so listen to sorry. Listen to two white folks contend with things like blackface and bad jive dialogue written by white people. Listen, this is the least we can do. If we're scouring the bowels of horror, we listen. We got to clean our house before we can invite anybody over. That's what I say. Yeah. So, <laughs> so dodging the question but seriously what's got a better depiction of people of color the transfiguration or love at first fucking bite oh fuck um well at least in the transfiguration i didn't have to listen to bad jive written by white people or a guy say come back black chicken yeah or come back black chicken or see like a funeral uh full of black folks where the preacher is yelling like bah he drank and loved women and he loved his his, what was, uh, his, I don't remember what fucking car. And then Dracula pops out and everybody, it's, 
Holy fuck, I hate Love at First Bite. So yeah, going, so it's 231. Yeah, it's yeah. between the Transfiguration and I Frankenstein. And I Frankenstein. So yeah, n- uh, yeah. So our... thanks, Charleston, I guess. <laughs> I can't tell if you were, like, trying to, like, torture us or, or not. But, no, actually, but I, 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 I appreciate it because a, a lot of this movie, like, the sexual politics of this movie mostly made me go, like, God, the 70s look terrible. Like, yeah, I mean, well, to be fair, for every freebie in the bean, you have a love at first bite. <laughs> every freebie in the bean has its love at first bite. You know, that's, I, I think, uh, yeah, I think we, we, we just have to contend with that. So uh, I think that's uh, all the movies we have time for. Quincy, where can our listeners find us online? Well, if you want to <laughs> read more hot freebie in the bean content, <laughs> you can find us at Rankin Ballcast on Twitter at RankinVile on Instagram and RankinVile.tumblr.com. Yeah, and then also if you uh, want, if, if you like Charles and Mambo, want to send us a movie and have us squirm like electrocuted rats while attempting to talk about the racial dynamics of this film, you're gonna want to send, uh, or you could request good movies, and then we could watch those uh, over at. Yeah, a- it, it, <laughs> little peek behind the curtain. Um, some of the uh, some of the log flume gets jammed because people request things that are out of print or cost an exorbitant amount of money on Amazon to rent mm-hmm. or uh, are just stuff that we haven't seen, so we have to watch it. Right, uh, and you're gonna wa- so uh, any of those you're gonna want to send that over to rankinvilecast at gmail.com. Uh, this is also very exciting if you use uh, Stitcher. As an app, uh, we are now up on motherfucking Stitcher. However, uh, it's only got the first 30 episodes up on Stitcher, which I think might be something to do with the RSS feed on Podbean. But the important thing is that you can now hear our takes on Love at First Bite on Stitcher uh, and every subsequent episode uh, after uh, after this one. So if you're a new member, what's up, fam? Um, thanks for, for this terrible ride. <laughs> um, yeah. um, and I believe if you want the back catalog, and I contend that you don't have to listen to these in order. Oh, no. Um, there's no there's can, no actual continuity. Yeah, but if you go to Podbean, you can still play and download directly from the website if you want older episodes. Yeah. Um, um, but barring that, I think that's... Uh, I think that's all the uh, get at us stuff. You got anything else? Hey guys, um, if you could rate us or write an iTunes review or oh, yeah. just tell a friend, that actually does help us. I know, like every podcast you listen to, they go through that like rate us and review yeah, yeah, iTunes and all that. But spiel. like, we don't pay for advertising, so that is the most helpful thing. Yeah, definitely. To, to spread the word. Yeah, and especially with, like, five-star reviews, you don't even have to leave, like, a long thing about how you once heard us scream the word, the bye-bye man, over and over again for a full hour once. Um, literally, you could just be like, yeah, I have listened to this podcast, and they talk about horror movies, and sometimes wrestling, five stars, and that's literally all, literally all you gotta do, and it will do us an enormous favor. And Stitcher's like a thumbs up. That's all you gotta do yeah, on Stitcher. It's yeah. just say like like. And... It's a it's a click, dude. Um, but yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's also that. But barring that, uh, I think that's about all I got. You got anything else? That's it. Have a great week, y'all. Later, folks. <laughs>